Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? At number one on the shit list, it's the Hollywood Studio System. Yeehaw! We're still going on, maybe for another month, uh, because of what you just said. But let's turn our lens a little south of Hollywood today. Uh, hi, this is Matt here. This is Luke over here. This is Mark down here. That's right, on my screen, you're down there too. It's Films and Filth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting, where we are. Uh, keeping our lens firmly off of the Hollywood system while that is a being being a train wreck. So, uh, Luke, this is this is your choices or is it Mark's choice? I'm not even sure. No, choice kind of, this, is. this is complicated. This is a collaboration. This is a true collaboration because I it was tossed around that you guys that Luke wanted to do one of these films. And uh, my friend Chuck, who was on here for uh, Zoo, Warri- Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain, is something of an expert about these, or at least more than I am. And I was like, what's the best Halloween Santo movie to watch? And he suggested this one. So this was my first time watching this particular one. I'm a big wrestling fan, but I had no idea about these films until Mercy, my girlfriend, told me that her dad is a big fan of them. And so today we're joined by one of the biggest film buffs I know, Anna Medina. (laughs) Hi. Hello, you guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, this is also, I think, the first time I've ever watched a Santo movie. Mercy might have overstated the fact that our dad is a big fan. Um, it was a big deal when he was growing up, but uh, Lucha Libre, who would have known? It's a big thing in Mexico. I had no idea. So, yeah. I guess it's like how like, older Japanese I, people be more into Ultraman, Ultraman than say, I mean, there are kids today, yeah. think, but you know, it's like late 60s and 70s when that was really like uh hitting the ground and running uh sorry Uh, without i was gonna say without saying numbers i wouldn't be surprised if some of my friends who are into santo movies are the same age as your parents so i don't know (laughs) it's possible who knows no like i i of course as a mexican growing up in mexico i had an idea who el santo was because he's such an iconoclast like his face is everywhere and i did know that there were a lot of movies made about Lucha Libre, but this is the first time I think I've ever uh, like seen one fully, completely. And it was interesting, uh, definitely an experience. What did you guys think of the movie? Oh, man. I l- this is how all movies should be made. It's just <laughs> yeah, generic horror movie plot, but then there's just some luchadors there as well. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. This falls right there in the Venn diagram where the stuff I like and the stuff Luke likes. I, I absolutely love this. I mean, that for not to get too far into it early on, but it's just a world where everything is real. You know, yes. it's just Satan is real. Dracula's real. Santo is, you know, the smartest man alive. He's friends with every scientist. And you just do, you know, the last Santo movie I watched beside before this uh, was the other Dracula movie. And he invented a time machine in that. And he goes back in time to sharp. deal with Dracula. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, absolutely I'm, rules. 
I'm about 25 years late to this because uh, right around around the year 2000, uh, something weird was putting out all on DVD was putting out all those uh, two first on DVD. And they did have a couple Santo ones. And I did think about buying them, but I was aware that there was the wacky 70s color ones. And these were the early 60s yeah. black and white ones, which are probably well worth watching. But I was just like, I wanted to see weird psychedelic colors. So I went for the something weird disc that would offer me that instead. Uh, this, uh, if this had been one of the picks, I would have watched this 25 years ago, but it wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I came to the, to these movies maybe 15 years ago with the, the earliest. I'm not, not as well-versed as I, uh, wish I was, but yeah. I'm not a black and white snob. I mean, or, or not a mm -hmm. black and white hater, I should say, but, uh. um, you know, when it's caught film, I kind of prefer weird, cheap film color. I I've never seen any of the black and white ones. I sort of took a little peek at some of the uh, screen caps and they look great. But yeah, who knows if they're as fun as these? I don't know. They may be better, you know, I don't know, because he was younger and probably more agile at that time. I know a few of them. Um, he basically doesn't have dialogue. And I think the first three were shot in Cuba. Which sure. I don't know. <laughs> that could have easily happened. Yeah. Um. I didn't know there were some Santa movies made in black and white. Like, in my as as I recollect, they're almost all in color, and specifically because he often fights with Blue Lemon and like with Martians and whatnot. So, like the, the Technicolor in the sixties and seventies was just starting in Mexico after the golden age of cinema ended, which was around late fifties, mid fifties. So that's when these kind of movies, kind of exploitation started um becoming popular so yeah uh exploitation <laughs> no yeah no mm -hmm. that sounds about right to us we did what exploitation last week so all yep, sorts yeah. of exploitations around i uh -huh. i was actually listening to that episode and i was like this is very um yeah adequate because santo movies and all the movies made in mexico during the 60s 70s and even like 80s very well fall into that category of exploitation even El Santo ones, which eventually became cult films. So. Uh, Luke, you said you'd dome us a, a synopsis. Can't be too sure. hard. Yep. The Cristaldi family is cursed after one of their ancestors defeated Dracula and the Wolfman. So Professor Cristaldi in the modern day employs the, hope, the help of the only people who can help him defeat the Wolfman, El Santo and the Blue Demon. They fail to save the Professor... But when his daughter, niece, and granddaughter are taken by Dracula, they turn up and kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a ridiculous plot. Like, it makes sense. But uh, it's... And also the gadgets, like the amount, like a very get smart, very like early kind of, uh, what's the detective movie? Like with the, the watch. The communication watches, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I also love crazy. that most of the time they're in like nice, like dinner jackets and little turtlenecks, oh. but still oh, the dear. mask. Just looking <laughs> around yeah. stylishly. I love it. This is the thing. We went over we went over Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula in that previous in Matt and Luke's sci-fi sanctuary a long time ago when talked about how the fashion was a huge part of that and they mm. did made a big deal. The fits in this movie are insane. Everyone in this movie looks better than everyone in Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. Like all the, the outfits. That's my notes are just 
what they're wearing. It's it's so good. No, Dracula himself, I mean, obviously is supposed to look somewhat like Hammer Horror's Christopher Lee. Um, mm. you know, and he's one tick off. I mean, he's pretty like I'm like, yeah, this guy's Dracula, sure. Yeah, he's sexy <laughs> yeah. Dracula. He's and, pretty and, and Rufus was maybe a sort of a casual wolfman, but <laughs> he was still cool and he was always dressed well, just like everybody. Yeah, it took me a minute to work out that. There, I, I guess this should be called uh, versus Dracula and the Wolf Men and Women. There's a lot of wolf this, people. It really it did sort of confuse me towards the end when Rufus was not a wolf man, but he was you know, trying to kill the other wolf men by moving the plank around. I I don't know, but yeah, there was <laughs> there were several wolf wolf wolf's people. But yeah, I, 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 obviously Dracula's a main event. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There's that. There's a couple of female vampires. And oh yeah, the, was, was he even there or was yeah. he a dream sequence? The bald one. I wasn't quite sure. I I, th- I was confused. <laughs> I had to rewind it and make sure that wasn't like Dracula without his hair for some reason. But yeah, it's, um, I think uh, the monsters. Uh, uh, Lewis just kind of showed up for a scene to you know do the job because in this movie Dracula never manages to actually bite someone, whereas uh, this middle aged balding guy like immediately does. He's just like. He's skilled at this. He's 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 probably been doing it longer. He is here. Dracula is mostly here to provide reaction shots and provide he does. <laughs> he certainly does. Uh, yeah, I was actually very. It it was kind of funny seeing how there were suddenly like Santo and Blue Demon were playing like cards with the two women whilst Dracula was trying to bite the little girl, and I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, let's just kill and play i don't know dominoes or whatever <laughs> while Dracula tries to kill us uh it it is kind of funny i mean it, it relies on that i guess funny ish of the lucha libre and the the exaggeration of it all but uh yeah i was really reminded by 60s batman anytime they were yeah. yeah yeah i, I wanted the biff is... bam pal cards during the first warehouse battle I, I like this better than Batman because they don't do the Biff Bam Pow. I'm sorry. I know you're into 60s Batman, but I like this toned down approach more because we know it's we know it's kind of campy. You know, I wrote have, it. We don't need to be reminded. I wrote down it's still a first class beatdown. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that yeah, was also I mean, one of those. That woman's stealing their stick anyway. They shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Before. But also when they fight people, they throw them a bunch, which is also better. Of course they would. Like um, they're professional wrestlers, <laughs> so the fight scenes are gonna be well choreographed. Like exactly. And I do have most, every time... most of the extras they're throwing around are probably just low ranking wrestlers who they've yeah they've gotten in. Probably yeah, probably. At the end of the movie, not counting the final wrestling match, which of course is the real end of the movie. Let's not let's not mm-hmm. downplay that. But the last um, narrative part of the movie, I should say, they're like, let's let's tell uh, Lucida it was all a dream the next day. And grandpa's mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> and mom. Yeah, let's just. We didn't see what happened to mom. Yeah, I wasn't dead. quite sure what happened with the mom. Is she just permanently a vampire? She just disappeared one night. <laughs> yeah. I let's gaslight the girl and tell her like everything, every traumatic event she just lived through. It it was a dream. Hey, <laughs> that's all in your head, little girl. Yeah, yeah. No, the the real ending of the movie. Well, the real ending is is the SmackDown, of course. I mean, (laughs) I was trying to figure out if there was some moral lesson they'd learned during the film that applied to the wrestling match, but I don't think so. (laughs) 
I, I like the announcer does say that the truth that evil has been overcome at the end of the wrestling match. <laughs> I yeah. love the idea that the true evil is the opponents. Um, you yeah, guys. To... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was actually just reading uh, because, like I said at the beginning of this, I had no, I had never watched this Santa movie before. So apparently, the Mexican government banned uh, Lucha Libre from being televised in national television. So the only resource that they had was to insert these lucha, like actual wrestling matches at the beginning, sometimes in the middle, and then at the end of the movie. So that uh, the rest of Mexicans, exactly, could have access to it. Because, like, yeah, sure, you could go to the downtown area and watch a wrestling match, but it wasn't really common, especially since the... Um, the television was on the rise, so everyone just stayed at home. So I, because I, I thought that was really interesting. Like, why are you, like, putting a match that is easily five minutes? Like, this just cuts a, a long time of the movie, and apparently that's the reason uh, the Mexican government made Lucha Libre illegal on television. So they just had movies to show them. It's almost they, like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, those like how are so there was weird. a lot of. Uh... It wasn't cool to, to have violent movie, I guess, violent TV, maybe. And then you have cool just make it in video games. Yeah. <laughs> so kids it's can like, walk to the arcade and do it. We're going to plant the camera in one place on this uh -huh. really oh. surreal set with no it's... audience and then tell you it's the largest <laughs> arena in Mexico. Well, you can't you can't see the audience through all the fog. Yeah. That's the whole it's sort of like Luke's background right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Foggy. Yeah. I've got I've got um, <laughs> legions of adoring fans behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to watch me record live. But yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that. It's like, I'm not saying that to slam the movie. That's absolutely fun. It's uh, very yeah. surreal. I, mean, I don't know if any of you have watched these movies. Uh, and if this keeps going, they will be my picks before too long. But the um, yeah. uh, Suzuki Seijin movies, uh, Branded to Kill, or especially Tokyo Drifter. This made me think of oh. Tokyo Drifter a few times. Because yeah, it, Tokyo Drifter. It's it's like that that classic '60s '70s guitar psych thing. I only yeah, know it from it. you bringing it up a lot, Matt. Okay, well that's why it is on the uh, possible to to becoming list. I, maybe I'll bump that yeah. up a notch. <laughs> but it's also I don't remember a whole lot about Tokyo Drifter, but I also feel like that was sort of a, the feeling that anything could happen, kind of a movie like this. Right. Right. And and that that's another thing where the caught film black and white versus color. Branded to Kill is probably the better movie. It has a tighter plot, but it just doesn't have the psychedelic color. And um, I, I shouldn't, you know, I, I kind of had to cram this movie in just because I've had a busy week. But I really do need to take a look at a, a black and white uh, Santo and see if, you know, mm -hmm. I've been missing it. Like the early ones were like the ones on fire or something. You know, I don't know. I mean, the first one was called Santo versus the evil brain. I mean, that makes me want to watch it. <laughs> How do you fight is is yeah. it a brain in a person, or is it just a if brain? It's just a brain, then I'm pretty sure he could beat it quite easily. Matt, <laughs> just just like curb stomp it; it's gone. Even if it is, evil. what if that is? What if just the end is he just punches a like a prop rubber brain until it explodes? Then that movie might be better oh, than this yeah. one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. The poster for that one, Santo versus contra el cerebro yeah the evil brain quite literally uh yeah it has like a green guy the poster like kind of like a green goblin i uh, i had never um heard of that but uh, i think one of the most famous 
well, at least that I know, is Santa versus the Guanajuato mummies, which there, there's a state in Mexico that has mummies, like the ones in Egypt and whatnot. And so apparently it's just their Santo fighting a, a national relic, which are mummies. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was the one Mercy yeah. first oh, yeah. told me about, was the one with the mummies. I don't don't yeah. think I've seen that one, but he'll uh, check that out. There's Well, he made over like 50 movies. Yeah, it's so specifically from El Santo franchise. I think there are more than 300 Lucha Libre kind of style movies. So... Awesome. Yeah, he it's, it's intimidating. Everyone. Yeah, no, I, he fights everyone. So. And I saw I'm not listed, even close to. Sorry, go ahead. I just I saw it listed on the wiki that he's only cameoing in two of those fifty, so he's starring in mm-hmm. the other forty-eight. <laughs> nice. Yeah, legend. I I haven't seen every Godzilla movie, either. It's just I, I have trouble with big, huge piles of work. Movies. Yeah, I know. It it feels like work when there's fifty of them. Made in different. Dude, this I'm one... at the point I haven't seen every Star Wars movie. They've made too many now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen every Star Wars series, that's for sure. But I mean, the last one that came out, someone I heard that you have to watch another series to understand it. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, you can just. That's one thing about this one. You can just jump right in. You don't really have to know yeah. much more about Santo. I mean, yeah, so well, yeah it's... Godzilla movies. Yeah. It's that older school of franchise, like the earlier Bonds, where it's they always assume mm-hmm. you haven't seen a previous one, which, which usually is kind great. of miss. Yeah, yeah. I I don't feel like the newer Bond movies and Mission Impossible movies always drop these little breadcrumbs relating to other ones, and I've always missed mm-hmm. something in between. And I'm like, mm. I wouldn't really feel any differently about this movie if I knew James Bond's dead wife was. You know, I don't feel like that adds a whole lot. He seems sad. Just let him be sad. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's like modern, you know, um, brain trust greed, like uh, uh, Godzilla, Santo, WKRP in Cincinnati. You can come in at random, watch a few. You've got the vibe. Later, you could return. I could say, hey, I'm a fan of it. I've just seen five episodes. I liked it. But it's, you know, a modern show. It's like, no, you will commit to this show. This is your new gospel for the next however long you're going to watch it. Yeah, you don't get his daughters in the teleporter. I'm sorry, that wasn't that was that was a low blow, but daughter. his daughters in the teleporter. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Why you not? didn't get it? Okay. I got it. <laughs> and they didn't. I get didn't it. get it. No, no. It's I don't okay. feel like don't explaining it though. I don't want to explain. You don't need it. to. But uh, yeah, you definitely fans. don't. Yeah, you don't need to watch all of like chronologically there's santa movies you can just like hop in whichever even decade you'd like uh and it's still the same formula it's still the same guy and the same mask and he's fighting the bad guy so yeah pretty that, the, classic that said if you yeah. did catch mark's um reference hashtag daughters in the teleporter you can tweet us yeah that way. still tweet it. when you act, do it as an action even though actually right as of this recording she's no longer in the teleporter but right you know Okay. Um, she went and she went did, hashtags did, went, often don't went, make sense hashtag back she here. went she's with wesley crusher now anyway um so, oh damn no she's not that was, I, that just, was, I just realized el santo was born 1917 yeah <laughs> yeah he was like 50 doing yeah. this 50 yeah a lot of life that dude lived <laughs> but i was gonna say even the the last movie I watched had the same guy playing Dracula, and it still didn't really have continuity with this Dracula, Santo Dracula movie, because he invented a time machine and went 
back in time. <laughs> also that I saw a cut that was made specifically for Europe that had fr full frontal nudity. Mm. And oh, mom's, mom's new dress. Um, oh yeah. Santo cool. in Santo and the treasure of Dracula. Um, the release in Europe. No, was no, no. Called... I'm asking, did he have full frontal? Oh, no, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. Did he have a he little mask? He can't take his, his mask. Like... That would be amazing. <laughs> I wish it was that. Um, it was released. Th that version was released in Mexico in 2012 as El Vampiro y El Sexo. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so very straightforward. Too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. I think I, I brought it up, future pun intended, on the podcast, but uh, near my house. And may Luke, maybe you've seen this. There's a house where they have two young children, and there's a Buddha statue out front with a giant phallus. Yeah, uh, you showed it to me. And and it currently has like a Halloween hat on the tip. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> Festive. Just so in for the holidays. I'm walking by a few days ago, and the whole family's getting ready for a day trip. So the kids are kind of like, yay, walking by the Buddha with the phallus with the Halloween hat. I'm like... What's going on here? <laughs> Did put tiny little beards on the balls. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> I guess the, the shrine worked because they have two young kids. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. If it works. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of mystical things, did you guys know that Santo never revealed his face, never unmasked himself? until he made a television appearance in 1984 and then he died of a heart attack less than a week later. Oh, I wish you didn't tell me that. Jeez. I mean, I what? just wanted to know he I just wanted to think he never revealed his face. But that's what happened though. No, I know. That, I, I, I that know may, I, that makes it real, right? Yeah, no, that's that legendary. It. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. It's me. <laughs> Are you sure he died a week after that? I feel like I saw his final was close. appearance was in a in his son's film or something where he did yeah his son's film was 82 oh okay somehow I maybe that's his my... final film appearance matt but yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah he revealed no, just... his face january 26 1984 and he passed away in february 5th okay i just somewhere gotten it in my head that he had done that in 2000 but probably not because he was dead no he would have been yeah. 83 i don't know he you, could have been you, 83. you can be in your 80s um he's well maybe he's maybe he might maybe pass the mask on to his son like they do sometimes. Maybe there is still an El Santo running around. Well, I, I think the mask that. I think the mask that has his son, like El Hijo del Santo, is quite similar to the one that El Santo mm. had. So probably could have done that, just pass the mask on. Yeah. Well, and there's also, is... I think, the son of Blue Demon. So they're all oh, hell just, yeah. Nice. yeah, populating so, Mexico. Like kabuki actors so. in Japan or something. Just passing it on down. Blue Speaking Blue of, Demon made yeah. it until uh, two thousand. Uh, huh? Okay, maybe that's who uh, I was reading about then. I don't know. Hey, uh, um, uh, um, El Hijo de, del Santo, the son of Santo, is uh, sixty, and he's still doing mm -hmm. it. He's still nice. wrestling. Luke, I guess this this is uh, oriented more your way because you know way more about wrestling than I do. But a, a lot of this does seep into Japanese wrestling. I mean, they're they're they kind of ride these waves a lot, don't they? Yeah, um, me and Mercy went to the um, like Mexican Independence Day celebration in Tokyo, and there were loads of luchador fans there. Like that stuff is big here. Um, in like in American wrestling, there are a couple of like masked luchas, like Rey Mysterio and stuff, but that's like that's a gimmick. There's like one or two guys like that. But Japan, like in like Mexico, they have a bunch of those. That's just like a whole genre of wrestler. 
Um, like even in Tekken, the character King with like the big tiger mask, he's based on a famous Japanese wrestler. And in Japan, it's a really big thing that the mask gets handed down. Like you mentioned mm. Kabuki mat, it's like that. So like uh, there's a famous one called Tiger Mask, but I think we're on like the 15th dude in that mask. No, one of my more magical experiences was about 10 years ago walking through a mall in Maibashi, in, uh, Maibashi Japan. Maybe I just gotten lunch and the the mall, it, you know, usually it's like a J-pop singer or a magician. But that particular day, it was luchador wrestling. So, yeah, I hung out there for an hour, didn't I? Nice. <laughs> my, my day, my day's plans changed a bit. Hey, well, I've spent a lot of time watching wrestling. I literally have this big scar on my wrist from copying wrestling moves. Um, and nice. throwing my friend into a hedge and jumping on him. Um, nice. Guess how old I was? 18. I want to say 30. 26. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, and I'm a... bone sober. <laughs> oh. Nice. We just, we we just watched the wrestling else. show and we were very excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very casual wrestling fan, but I love watching it when I... I, I don't love the uh, ritual of watching the TV broadcast every single week. Mm. Maybe it's an American thing where it is leans too hard into uh, teasing you, but I love watching the pay-per-views. Yeah. Well, that's it. I don't, I haven't really watched wrestling since I moved to Japan because it's a social event for me. Yeah. But when I lived in my hometown and there was like my whole big group of friends, we would watch the pay-per-view every week, every month. Um, and we would play like elaborate drinking games. And we had a, <laughs> Very expensive replica belt. <laughs> the winner would keep awesome. for the next month. And like it would just be a display in my living room until the next pay-per-view and maybe someone else would win it from me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. But yeah, it's wrestling is one of those things you can kind of like it. And then once you actually go to an event live, that's when you get it. Just because mm. the energy in the crowd and the way the uh, the performers are playing off the crowd and everything. Yeah, one of the one of the coolest little like side gigs I ever had was running running sound for a wrestling promotion that was at Six Flags for a month, like nice. about 10 years ago. So it was like uh, and it was specifically a monster themed wrestling. So it was like they all were like the Wolfman or I guess kind of like this. Well, the friend of mine who was running that is actually the guy who introduced me to Santos. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this will make but, sense. You know, there's like zombies and Jason and Freddy would wrestle each other. And it was fun just hitting the intro music for everybody. That does sound fun. That's great. So the commentator on the wrestling matches is, uh, is that accurate? I mean, with the whole hero heel thing, cause he's so biased. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, and also these days they play it a little more cleverly where often like they'll often the most popular characters are, like kind of like the outsider the underdog so like the, the commentators will be slagging off the one they know the crowd likes to like row you up that bit more when he wins sort of thing but yeah that they're definitely super biased because <laughs> they're, they're all actors they're all part of the story yeah so the commentators have also like they've probably got a script that tells them the big moves so that in advance they can think of a like witty line to say but yeah i was actually reading um because I had no idea of the whole like heel and the technical, like the good guy and whatnot. So in Lucha Libre, there is a third category, which is the exotic, el exotico, which are usually wrestlers, luchadores in drag. And they put on like 
big feather boas and just makeup and like sequins and just the whole show. And they are um, one of the most popular ones. Like I actually, I was telling my most um, Mercy, um, there is a Japanese born Mexican wrestler named Yosuke Santa Maria with a heart. And he is an exotical, like he falls into that category of just wrestling with, cosplay basically just like a very elaborate uh, drag so yeah that's the those are the exoticos also in lucha lucha libre there's a little bit of that in the american wrestling but not enough for it to be its own genre but like there's girls mm. like guys like gold dust who when they first came in like their <laughs> whole character was kind of gay panicky <laughs> i mean it's like... these days he leans more into just being surreal and weird yeah um, me and my friend must run a fun run as Gold Dust and Stardust one time. That <laughs> nice. was great. Hell yeah! I think we I think we've tweeted the picture at some point. Probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good on. Yeah. No, I was I just I was just listening to um. Geez, I forget the the wrestler's name, but a female wrestler who you know is like try in America trying to do the you know kawaii thing and showing up as like various Disney or. or pixie characters or something and then, mm. then having a smackdown so uh someone's doing it in america <laughs> I yeah i feel like i've definitely seen i've i've only i've mainly been watching aew pay-per-views which is sort of like the edgier stuff and there's mm. definitely been a lot of cosplay in that like one of the guys did a sephiroth thing i think oh yeah that's kenny omega yeah kenny omega yeah i've se- i saw him live um in his last japanese show yeah his uh, finisher yeah, he, is one way like yeah he came out he had a big opening animation from the guy who made Undertale and then he came <laughs> out right. dressed as Sans. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too, God. But um. I that whole I watched that show and it was really good. Almost every match was Japanese hero fights foreign baddie. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> they did a thing where uh, Japanese wrestlers came over here and it was just the opposite. It's like yeah. the Japanese or the Japanese guys were going to lose unless it was I don't know. I don't remember exactly. It was one of those things where you could tell exactly what was going to happen because you mm-hmm. know that the belt's on the line. Japanese guy's going to lose. If yeah. it wasn't, then he would win. And I don't know. Still, some amazing Japanese guys who I've never seen before. Um, Just need a more creative writer's room for plot. Yeah, that's the thing is that th- this like new generation of stuff is more creative than WWE. I I know that a lot of people prefer that more polished uh, version of things but you know it's like i, I want to see something weird surprise me the problem you know, with just... the wwe was often there would be a clear like crowd favorite but mm-hmm. it wasn't who vince mcmahon wanted to be the crowd favorite so like yeah. they would get sidelined to some like lesser belt and then they'd be really pushing this guy that no one cares about that would often yeah, happen. john cena i mean yeah. i like john cena as an actor but he was so boring to me as a wrestler me and my friends liked John Cena just because it was so unpopular to like John Cena. <laughs> and we would go to events it. and the crowd, you'd hear the crowd chanting and every single child is going, let's go Cena. And then every single adult is going, Cena sucks. And we were the only adults <laughs> cheering, let's go Cena. <laughs> oh man. Is you know, my... The Rock also in the WWE? Yeah, he was. These days, back. he'll yeah. he'll show up, do like some microphone work and maybe one move, but he won't have matches anymore because the insurance yeah, is too expensive. He's got to go and film the movie. Yeah. 
if he gets into yeah. doing the wrestling, that's costing people like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, think of Black Adam too. <laughs> how are you gonna? Of course. Are you gonna make is that Black a thing? Adam too? Is that a no, joke or is it for real? Uh, okay, that is a joke. Okay, just making I mean, sure because The Rock so said far, none of his movies have lost money. So far, it's a joke, but you know, check back. <laughs> check hey, back after Ghost Rider too. We got Ghost Rider too. I've definitely told these stories on the podcast before, but my favorite thing is when new American wrestlers come to the UK because mm. they don't know how UK fans work yet. Because UK fans generally like the villains. Oh, so, they we what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of course we do. They're more interesting. So we Makes were watching. Um, they have a a side. WWE has like a side one called NXT, which is like the young wrestlers. They're like training up, and they came over. I think it was their first UK show. So the bad guys like trying to mouth off against the crowd, but we're all cheering for her, and she just freezes. She doesn't know what to do. Because her whole routine is based on her getting booed, and we're all like, we love you! <laughs> <laughs> but then the other ones, the ones who've been doing it for a while, they love coming to the UK, because it's when they get to feel like the fan favourite for a little while. Um, like, there's this one, an actual British wrestler, he always wins when he does a show in London, of course, and he, like, gets down and he's like, puts on a crown and tells the whole audience to, like, get on their knees for him, and most of us did. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, they would never Hell do that yeah. in the States. Yeah, you wouldn't do that for the real no. king, right? No, the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess well, I know. Most... What, if, uh, what if you wrestled? What if King Charles was not not just fake wrestling, but he was literally wrestling? I would right I would very much like to face King Charles in a steel cage. <laughs> well, we all want that to happen. Yeah, okay. so we give to our Patreon. But uh, if, if maybe... Wade Barrett... If Wade Barrett was actually the King of England, I would be fully a royalist. <laughs> All right. One can dream. I guess the most fun I've had watching wrestling actually was with our uh, regular guest, Andrew, when we were kids. We just put on the most low-rent, public access, probably filmed in a garage four blocks from the house, wrestling. Turn off the sound and just add in our own voices for the wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Because there's no writing in that, right? They, it's not scripted like uh, higher mm. level stuff. They're just doing the move. So we would, you know, mm, yeah. do the script. Maybe that's why I'm so like interested in the writer's room of a of a professional <laughs> professional wrestling uh, endeavor. You know, like as as a music lover, you probably know that Billy Corgan and Bob Mold have both written for wrestling. I didn't know Bob Mold did, but I definitely knew Billy Corgan did. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> So what is your favorite beatdown in this? It could be one of the matches or it could be one of the uh, Batman-style beatdowns. But uh, favorite, bur I guess there's, what, three wrestling matches and, and two major beatdowns? Is that what we're looking at? My favorite is just Santo and Blue Demon throwing Dracula and Wolfman simultaneously mm. to their deaths <laughs> on spikes. That's incredible. Um, why does Count Dracula have a pit of stakes in his in his? <laughs> because dungeon? Dracula was hey. Vlad the Impaler. Someone doesn't know his Dracula. Oh, uh, oh yeah. No, I was just no, I when I, I was pre-scanning the IMDb review, so I got the idea from one of those. But they were like, it's like it's like Superman having like a kryptonite shower in his uh at in the Fortress of Solitude <laughs> or something. Which he also um, does in Superman too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess it's very realistic then. <laughs> uh, my favorite is absolutely the first time that Santo harpoons. A wolfman, and he turns into a pile of smoke. <laughs> it ruled. I yeah, love great. 
I love the face that the wolfman has when he tells the uh the victim werewolf you got to walk the plank and he starts going and then he starts grinning like an idiot as he starts shaking the plank. <laughs> like ha, ha, I'm a little stinker. <laughs> I love the like the look. I love the ending where it's time to just pushes it what the wolfman and Dracula to some both of them, like, yeah. mistakes. Yeah, both of them and that's yeah, magically they die and also, there's a part when the guy, I don't know if he, it's the wolfman or, or Dracula's helper, but he has a dagger and just the dagger magically like turns and stabs him. him. Oh, yeah, stuff. that was awesome. And, oh, my God. Yeah, because he's like, oh, this dagger can detect non-humans or whatever. And so mm. just suddenly yeah. it turns and stabs him. And he's like, I've done so much evil in my life that I'm no longer a human and dies. That's yeah. that was also quite rad yeah yeah Yeah, eric that's our um we haven't really talked about eric yeah um sleazy guy that i'm not 100 percent happy with ah (laughs) didn't think about that but mm. is is he kind of a coffin joe vibe i haven't really seen much coffin joe but i feel like that's the oh dude (laughs) (laughs) coffin he's not coffin joe coffin joe is his own thing yeah i'm i'm probably gonna bring a coffin joe movie in at some point Okay, if, that's if any another one that, I, that that was one where I didn't buy it because you had to buy all of them at once oh. around the year two thousand. It was one hundred dollars, so I just couldn't be bothered. Absolutely bananas! Possibly <laughs> the most evil protagonist ever in a film. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure you can watch them on YouTube now, but you know, yeah, when, when I had to spend a hundred bucks to watch it, I was like, eh, it's not the time. So eh, maybe now's the time. No, I, my favorite was the warehouse uh, beat down simply because you're also beating the boxes, which amplifies everything. Mm-hmm. It just makes it seem like absolute chaos. Uh, the fake cave is very good, but as soon as she caused a scene and started a fight, they all forgot they had guns. <laughs> <laughs> they want you want to be honorable. I mean, even bad guys on a certain level must respect Santos. You know, they can't yeah. just like. <laughs> They can't just shoot him in the head. They can try and take his mask off, but they they yeah. they can't shoot him in the head. They have to interface with him properly. He's a legend. Well, also, the, the... we saw where Santa has an advantage over Spider-Man. Spider-Man baddies can just pull his mask off, but these guys were delayed by undoing the complex lace at the back. <laughs> That's true. I mean, doing it properly, you know, like, let's just not rip it off. You have to undo it like corset. Um, yeah. So Luke are kind of like Mandalorians, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very much so, yeah. <laughs> or or maybe Mandalorians just, you know, stole this entire thing. Yeah, probably the other way. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> like Baby Yoda is the, the girl. Yes, she was Baby Yoda. <laughs> She's Baby Yoda. Now <laughs> um, I want to see Pedro Pascal play Santo in like a... I want them biopic. to do a biopic, but it's Mark. it also just features all of the Dracula and stuff as if that will really happen to him. Oh my god. You know you need to write this. <laughs> I don't know if that would that would be I'm 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 sure it's already on the works. Because there's all <laughs> there was a very uh, a famous not a famous there was a movie made of Cantinflas, this Mexican comedian, like very big, also during the sixties and seventies. And it was kind of a hit, but also had very mixed reviews because the actor who played Cantinflas is from Spain, mm. which, mm. you know, that's not Mexico. Just So that was kind of um, weird. And mm. 
I don't know if a Santo movie would work. I was actually just today watching a movie about Cassandro, a an exotic, an exotico, an exotic wrestler, mm. and it's just it, it got released this year, and it starts este Gael Garcia Bernal, very famous Mexican actor who started in Itu Mama Tambien by Alfonso Cuarón, and. I think, I don't know, a movie made of, a, of a Santo, an El Santo movie? I don't know if they would ever make an official Santo movie because even today, most like people in the wrestling industry don't like films which actually portray like the behind the scenes aspect. Like mm. everyone, everyone who watches WWE these days, no one believes it's real. Maybe young kids, but. People are watching it knowing it's a performance. But even so, they hate movies like The Wrestler, um, which show the behind the scenes, the way it's worked. They just, just you're not meant to break the kayfabe. So I would imagine yeah. that like the estate of Santo would not want a movie that shows, you know, he was an actor, it was How... performed, scripted. Yeah, exactly. How really got and makes sense. And but more like especially Mark was saying that El Santo just showed his face quite late in his life like yeah for most of his life he he remained masked so yeah well, to show the, re mm -hmm. the reason i said pedro Vascal would be good is because we know he can act act his ass off without ever showing his face <laughs> yeah yeah it's true he could you can, can. show yes, more of your face is, in this case plan. i mean you get eyes and a mouth here right <laughs> so you got a little more to work with tom hardy but could do it <laughs> but it's like would i rather yeah. would i rather watch the wrestler again than watch 15 santo movies i'm not sure yeah no i, I kind of i i want it to be real to be honest like <laughs> movies about magicians aren't usually very fun like movies where a magic trick happens that's fun well that's why that's why prestige is so good because it never yeah. lets you know what's real magic and what's not it's both yeah it, which yeah. It, it works so if we had a biopic of just Santo, the character, as in his movies, I guess the analogy is, uh, would that work with, say, James Bond? Where we're just doing the character himself through the movies we've already seen. It would be oh, like maybe. Forrest Gump, the amount of stuff that would happen to him <laughs> over the course of his life. I mean, I was thinking D Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, even though, um, what was that guy's name? The Gong Show guy? Oh, uh, Chuck Barris. Chuck, Chuck Barris. Even though before he died, he did just admit that he made all of it up, which <laughs> I wish he hadn't. But yeah, that was a bad call. Oops. Just, you know, sometimes you got to take your, your I mean, secrets to your deathbed. He, he, he didn't care. He didn't, care. He didn't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I'm not um, a big that... horror movie fan. So I wish all horror movies from now on would just have one very strong, very competent guy who's just there to deal with everything. I mean, Indiana Jones is yeah. definitely sort of that, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. If if there's just someone tough and sensible there, it's not a horror movie anymore. And it becomes I mean, a different genre. <laughs> I mean, that's really how Hellboy movies, well, the, the good Hellboy mm -hmm. movies are like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I honestly like those better than most horror movies. I love those movies. It is sort of a little bit like that, where you're seeing the worst things that could possibly imagine, and you have mm -hmm. the big demon to help you with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did find yeah, it funny they were the monsters. 
yeah, like they're fighting yeah. satanic forces, but he's the blue demon. It's yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I yeah, should just you're right. Here's the quotes I, I wrote down during this movie. I just I've got another thing recently oh. where I'm like, well, I wrote down the quote. Yeah. Uh, Satan is very proud of you. That that made me that had a that felt very warm. <laughs> that felt yeah. very warm. Like kind of like when mm-hmm. Optimus Prime at the end of the Transformers ride tells mm-hmm. you he's like proud of you or something. Mm-hmm. Freedom fighters, you've you've saved the whatever Autobots. Um, Satan, make your will fulfilled. That has some nice alliteration. Will fulfilled, I like that. Satan, make your will fulfilled. That's it's got to be somebody's motto. I mean, I guess it's this guy's <laughs> motto. And uh, what was the other one I had? Oh, Santo knows countless holes. That that was a direct quote, and I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I I think some Holds. of the writings. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had I turned on. I mean, that's on. also kind of sexy. But I had um, turned on the the automatic um, subtitles, and I didn't think about it hard enough. <laughs> so the um, writing is great here. Like, I there's a line where um, Santo says, "If you found your way in here, you can find your way out. So get out of here." <laughs> Which is, um, and also, I think my favorite line in the movie, which uh, I'm spelling wrong in my search. I don't know. There's something where a blue demon says, I know that something's wrong because you've been talking to me for longer than 10 minutes. Oh, we spoke more than 10 words together. I could tell you were worried. (laughs) That's a great line. Like it tells you so much without, you know, without hitting you over the head with it. I was a little confused because at first I was like, is Santo the father of this family? And I'm like, no, he just hangs out with them all the time, I guess. Yeah, then you see a family friend. So I'm like, maybe he's because there's no father in the family. So I was Mm -hmm. like, is he that? But then he shows up with his girlfriend. So I'm like, well, okay, they're not saying he's like sexless either. I'm not. Yeah, it was weird. His girlfriend is the cousin, though. That only got dropped for a second. But yeah, she's uh, she Lena is uh, Laura's cousin. Okay, there we go. So, but he's he is he might be overstaying his welcome. I mean, he did just say well, most. I think he was asked to stay there to protect them. Yeah, he's like Rambo in Last Blood. If we're going by that way, he did a half-ass job. Yeah, (laughs) because they were downstairs playing cards while one of them was upstairs (laughs) unguarded. And then, like Blue Demon and Santos, where they were just playing chess, like they they simply chill at the what's the name of the family? Cavaldi, uh, Cristaldi. 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 They just chill at the Cristaldi household playing chess and cards. Yeah, my, my note was they're playing the wrong game of chess at this moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, they, um, they gotta like sharpen their wrestling skills using chess to simulate a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. So, so we all watched, did we all watch the English dub? Yes, okay, and if you yes, watch so. the link I sent you, that is a new dub. Is a reason. So I I went and watched a little bit of the the Spanish afterwards just to see how oh the music it seems is the same. Yeah, it's a weird mix where the music sort of just gets lower when they put dialogue in because I think they didn't have the original music track. Mm-hmm. But I I do I like the newer dubs like I I think that they're fun without being too stuffy. There was some weird accurate. bits where it felt like lines were the wrong way around. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it would go like likewise, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I missed that, but, you know i think that you know falls what? under the fun part yeah i tried to watch luke um share the the dub version and i tried to watch to watch it it just it it i couldn't it it 
doesn't it wouldn't compete in my brain to watch El Santo speak in English, you know? Like yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. I get it. It was completely I, different. So I just searched for the movie in Spanish. Definitely a lower quality. Like I watched it freaking like a recording on a potato, but mm. it was in Spanish. So Yeah, the print was, we were watching looked pretty nice. I mean visually. It, it's a very there's some new reissues that I believe for were from a couple of years ago. So uh they're very very recent but that, that's not all the movies obviously that's just five or six of them mm-hmm. so um i i definitely want to go and watch the black and white ones in the original language if i'm able to yeah i would have preferred but i couldn't find spanish and with subtitles anywhere so i just gave up and watched the english one yeah no that's it's probably for the best but because yeah there's um you can find a lot of very old mexican films on youtube or just like facebook even but they usually don't have english or even spanish subtitles so yeah it's not worth it but uh yeah the dubbed version maybe maybe we watch a different movie you know maybe the dubbed (laughs) version yeah from the spanish one that happens in japan especially when i was teaching more adults it'd be like oh i want to study english i'll watch Miyazaki movies in English. I'm like, do not do that. <laughs> you will ruin the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no. Totoro becomes exactly. a bad movie when you watch it in English. <laughs> no, but but I want celebrity voice uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, you don't. Totoro. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, and Christian Bale as Howl, right? Ooh, like, no, oh my God. It's especially yeah. the kids. I think it's worse with the worst with kids because you know the way kids talk in Japan is just so specific. When you dub it, it mm. breaks it. Mm. Which I guess is why Totoro came to mind first. (laughs) I mean, when I was a kid, I was way less picky about whether I was watching sub subtitled or dubbed. Maybe because you had no choice. Yeah, well, well, no, but I didn't really care until I was about fifteen. I don't think it's because when you're a kid, you don't really understand that some things are good and some things are bad. Everything's cool. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You don't feel emotion the emotion coming from the Japanese voice actor. You're just like, yay, cartoons. Well, I'll bring my one out. complaint about Japanese voice actors is that they cannot leave anything silent. So that's why you get all the. Wow! I love so, watching Dragon Ball and someone's just like <laughs> they're angry. Yeah, yeah when we no, I, noises. I, we turned on the dub for Dragon Ball once, and Balma suddenly sounded like a middle-aged woman. We're like, that doesn't no, work. That, those like, are just annoying. But the thing is that Dragon Ball's got so Dragon Ball got so popular in the US with the dub that a lot of people are like, no, I insist on watching the dub with the Bruce Falconer soundtrack. Mm. And they're just wrong. It's terrible. It's very, very bad. As for Santo and Blue Demon versus the Dracula and the Wolfman, uh, as is the purview Mm -hmm. of this podcast, we're gonna put on the if we think it's a film or it's a filth or, or if you have a different answer as I'm going to have. Uh, this is a film, bro. It's it's not only a film, but you get like a third of a wrestling match as a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is peak film for me. Those <laughs> rules. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, film for me, too. Okay, I have a third answer, which because I was thinking, okay. okay, it's like Batman. So I thought of the Batman movie. Is that a film or a film? or filth and i'm like well that so last night we got um very nice gouda cheese from uh you know artisanal gouda cheese from the nagato farm and i ate too much of it and it's that 
Oh, <laughs> artisanal gouda okay, cheese. Is that a fart? What? No, gouda cheese. <laughs> I'm just cheese? thinking of an F word. Oh, I'm just okay. thinking eating too much cheese, and then I'm thinking of an F word. Oh, okay. I when if you say I'm thinking of an F fromage. word, I'm always thinking of a it's different. Delicious. Word. Yeah. It's delicious gluttony. It's fromage. Fromage. It is. A, this is this is a feast. This film is a feast. Yeah. Of of delicious gouda. Um, instead of a review. I would yeah, like to read some of the YouTube comments. Yes. Just want, just to, that's <laughs> good because I was going to say the lowest is a three and the highest is a nine. So neither work. So do the YouTube for sure. This, these are all from one person. Um, <laughs> Andrew CAO 6111. Uh, both Dracula and Wolfman. Yeah, that's the one I saw. That's the top comment. <laughs> both Dracula and Wolfman. <laughs> El Santo and Blue Demon Return of World Dead Lita. LVE so committed so many crimes rufus you bastard so pushy yoshid he dead yoshid he dead if take girl get out okay zero out of <laughs> 10 help found this helpful <laughs> so know. so luke oh they all have summaries. one thumb up every single one that could have been your plot summary <laughs> there you go <laughs> I think we should wind this in the farm, unless someone the Nagato farm, unless someone wants to throw out a final thought on the the movie whose title I will not say in full again. No, I'm I'm pretty done. Yeah. Okay. This ruled. Yeah. Um, I look forward to watching, continuing to make my way through these. Right. For the rest <laughs> of my life, because that's how many there are. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything you need to plug at the moment, Anna? Uh, nope. Just very cool movie. Uh, I will probably, along Mark, will watch the rest of the El Santo movies. Yes. All 50 of them. And <laughs> let's see what happens. Nice. But, uh, thank you so much for inviting me, you guys. This was very well, fun and very interesting. Thanks for coming. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah. And uh, glad to make you watch Santo movies because they rule. Yeah. That's all of you. Yeah. Making yep. people in Mexico watch their first Santo. That's that's gotta stand for something. <laughs> I dude, I've never yeah. seen an Elvis movie. Oh, there was actually a question I wanted to ask you. Because you said you didn't watch these movies growing up. Mm -hmm. How sort of growing up in the nineties, how much did just Luchador generally have a presence? Well, for certain people it did. Like I have friends who are big luchador fans who are my age. But mm. where I grew up and how I grew up very close to the U.S., we didn't really have much luchador um, culture around. Mm. It was more anime, like what Mark was saying that uh, Dragon Ball Z was dubbed in the U.S. It was also dubbed in Mexico. And so whenever I see Dragon Ball Z, I cannot think of it in any other language but Spanish. And even the voice actors who played Goku and Belma like all of these uh, characters, they're super famous in Mexico and Latin America. So not a lot of luchador in my childhood, a lot of um, anime, Ranma and a Half and Dragon Ball Z and stuff from PBS. So yeah, Yo, that would be had, my childhood. We've had what, a bunch of um, few American movies in Japanese here because I get mm -hmm. the Blu-ray and then my daughter is like, oh, this famous voice actor I love is doing the Japanese dub so I'm watching like Transformers with English subtitles now. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny I, I can't I can't think of a single 
I can't think of any American actors where I would just pass on the Japanese dub to watch the American do it, but mm. maybe there's, I don't know. Okay. But, um, I guess we'll close this one up. Uh, as for films and filth, we are that on X and Facebook. I actually said X. I finally just saying that. X. That's exciting. Fuck you. You know, know what? I tried to make an X account for podcast 1999 and I couldn't do it. It just kept saying the site was unavailable. Okay. I sure. don't, I don't think X works. So don't look for that one there. Um, <laughs> you could support podcast. This one films and filth podcast, 1999 time enough podcast, Luke loves Pokemon, Hyrule field report, game, game show. You can support all that and hear it early and with extra blibber blabber, jibber jabber, on Patreon at Podcastio Podcastius. There, I ran a different tape today for our plug. That was very exciting. Way to go! It felt new. It nice, good work. Fresh I remembered all the words. Luke, ready to put on your mask? Um, I wish I had one. Yeah, yeah put on your mask. Put on mask. You got one. King Charles has put on his like skin mask made of his servants, and he's ready. He's in the steel cage waiting <laughs> for you. <laughs> I know. Can I survive his sausage fingers attacks? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that looked painful. Like the rings on Charles' fingers. Oh no! I, I just, I just have to hit him once, and he'll pop like a balloon, <laughs> like a sit. Just yeah. <laughs> just uh, oh, kick him into a pit of spikes. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. 